my goal is to demonstrate to my company how Bitcoin can be used integrating with systems in a way that streamlines business processes and overtly reduces cost. So you take all of the political aspects and the cryptocurrency, you take all that out and just demonstrate where no one can look at this solution and say, I'm not gonna use that because it's so much more efficient than what's going on today. Joshua Hensley is an IT consultant who wants to integrate the Bitcoin SV blockchain into his client's business systems. I met him at the CoinGeek conference in Toronto and we discussed how to promote new solutions within the established tech industry. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Joshua, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for having me. So now you work with Microsoft products that you are working with clients to integrate That's into right. their systems. What are the issues about trying to introduce Bitcoin SV or blockchain technology into that world? The primary issue I'm facing is the paradigm between that and the private blockchains. So most companies, they see the blockchain as buzzword. So naturally they want to get involved. Um, I've been told since I was, I'm too young to remember it, but that it's similar to the dot-com bubble where, you know, you just append dot-com. It's similar where companies want to get in. Oh, it's blockchain. They don't want to miss out on anything. Right. But they're also adverse to putting their data on a public ledger, um, which is kind of equivalent to the cloud server um, movement, which now is just accepted. So now companies have no issues putting their data on a, pr pr a private cloud server, but it's kind of the same thing with the public blockchain if you secure it because it's just something that everyone has access to, but it's just getting, I think that understanding is lacking. So what happens when you say, well, you're perfectly okay with the cloud, um, mm -hmm. what's the difference between that and the public aspect of blockchain? I think it's just the lack of understanding. Um, I think one thing that can bridge that is the recent hacks, and by recent, maybe three, four or five years, uh, Marriott had a huge database hack with credit cards. Um, Target, they were storing, I think they were storing credit card numbers in clear text in their, in their system somewhere and people got a hold of that. Um, even one of my, our clients, the whole reason we had to do an upgrade for them was because they had their, their web provider got hacked. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so if that never happened, they wouldn't have had to do a project so soon. I mean, I think they were going to upgrade in the future, but that, there's a huge cost with that, right? So the, the ironic thing is they were keeping the credit card data in some SQL database or whatever, but they got hacked. And as a result, that affected one of their clients. So now they have to come to us for services, which, you know, it brings in the question, you know, what is truly secure, right? What, what is the best method for doing it? And I think people will probably look for better options but the, pop, the whole blockchain space, I think that is just misunderstood. And that might be contributing to the resistance of these companies wanting to jump on board. But if you did come across a client mm -hmm. from a big company who said, oh, well, I'm just not worried, let's go with this. Is there stuff out there that, they, that you'd say, fine, well, it's all ready to go, or mm -hmm. are we still waiting for that to be properly developed? I think we do need some applications and 
like implemented to show them what can be done, I think that's still missing. I do think we have the technology with the recent developments over the past four or five months on the BSV chain. Um, however, with that said, it brings in the argument about the scaling. So if a company did it, high transactions, you cannot have it to where they fill the blocks up and then get turned away because there's performance problems and you know fees and high cost because that would be catastrophic. But BSV has sort of solved that, hasn't it? It to some degree, but I mean, if 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 a huge corporation did happen to come on board and if they eclipse the limits that are in place now, that would be that would probably be more detrimental than beneficial. So I think that maybe a smaller one or doing expectations have to be set to okay use make sure that whoever's implementing it needs to be cognizant of the limits. And you know maybe only put one transaction type on the chain, so they make sure they don't get all bent out of shape if they try to put all this data, and they ended up hitting the upper ceiling. From the point of view of a business like you're in, you're not working for Microsoft, but you're working with Microsoft products. Right? That's right. Uh, I guess it would be much more profitable for you to be selling your services in relation to BSV products, wouldn't it? I've thought about this a lot. I mean, it's a constant war that's gone on in my head ever since I went to the last CoinGeek conference in uh, November. Um, I, wa I actually walked away thinking, actually making that consideration that if, you know, went full time working on Bitcoin. But I've had enough. Con I, I realize I, I work with a lot of talented people at my in my practice and a path to merge those two is probably better in the long run, maybe not so much profitable for myself immediately, but long term, because we have the tools, the interface with Microsoft and other products and other clients to get the name out there to sell. It's more like leaning on them, you know, using both of us to make hmm. more, do more damage, so to speak, in the industry. But I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really meaning so much for your own uh, profit and loss, but but for a consultancy business like that, oh, I see. If they're not having to pay licenses to Microsoft, oh yeah, the same service or the equivalent service would be much more profitable for them to provide uh, using BSV, I guess. Yes, there is cost saving, and that is the value proposition, in my opinion, for integrating systems. Is the services being used today are expensive, and if they use Bitcoin for some of these things, the BSV blockchain, they, they would see significant cost savings. And well, that's a powerful argument. It is. It is. Um, and it's just balance. It's walking that tightrope of, OK, you know, you need to understand not the risk. Risk is not the right word, but the implications of you doing this. Right. Um, and I think some companies are starting to wake up to this. They're starting to see it. Um, there's a question, right? You know, some client might ask, why do we have all these private blockchains? You know, how many do we need, right? So it's kind of, I, I can see a shift in sentiment towards, okay, um, maybe they're not seeing one public ledger, but they're questioning the legitimacy of these private blockchains. Yes, because uh, there is an argument that private blockchains are what big business requires to build its confidence right. in public blockchain. Mm -hmm. would, would, you, would you go along with that? I, th I do see that, that as kind of a stepping stone 
Um, it, but you don't want to you don't want to put that foot on that stepping stone. You'd rather jump. I straighter. actually <laughs> I actually refuse to do that. Yeah, that's right. Um, I actually will not. I will not touch the private because, in my view, it is a waste of time. Um, because what, is, what exactly is the dis- what what is wrong with the private blockchain then? To me, we we already have this cloud server model where more and more clients are taking hardware out out of on on site location. And they're using Azure, they're using Amazon Web Services. Um, to me, if we're going to come in as a value-added reseller to bring them Microsoft software and implement for them, we're already, part of that solution is more cloud servers. To me, it's crazy to additionally add, okay, you, you now have Microsoft, you have EDRP, you have a SQL database, now you need to integrate that to some other cloud server that's running a private blockchain. To me, I, I, to me the words just stand for itself. It's like, yeah. why would I pay for this if I'm already paying for these five Azure machines? Now you're going to make me pay for the sixth one. And that's that just to, more of the same. Yeah, yeah. There's no, where's the benefit? To me, there's more cost. So if I'm the client and I say, well, fine, I can sort of see that. Mm-hmm. But what exactly is the benefit if I do what you're suggesting? What would you say? I would say that... Not only is it cheaper than adding that six machine slash private blockchain, but you'll be able to streamline business processes such that you'll have cost savings elsewhere. So even though you're adding a tiny bit of cost to integrate to BSV, you'll more than recoup that and have gains in other parts of your system, financial, supply chain, uh, communication with vendors, that your cost saving costs will go down and naturally that increases profitability. So you're obviously personally pretty committed to BSV. Do you see the sort of the critical thing between where we are now and where we want to go with BSV Mm -hmm. as depending on the kind of work you're talking about with big business or is it rather lots of billions of people using it on their phones and stuff? No, the first first one. I see it depending on that aspect because that will increase the transaction count, which will increase the demand, which will naturally increase the price and get other people, more retail or, you know, just regular users of the system more interested. So it, that it's I think that's the path forward because that will bring in the other side, not the other way around. Yeah, which is it's interesting because it's sort of slightly the other way from what happened in the Internet. Okay. Adoption where it was sort of uh, individual users with their little tiny websites built mm-hmm. at home and stuff. Almost, I think, before you know, airlines and people were helping it, using it to check in and stuff. So it was sort of bottom up. Whereas this kind of revolution seems to be more of a, in terms of adoption, more of a top down process. Probably it does seem like that. Yeah. And do you think that the existing players like? Microsoft and um, the other big companies, are they going to be the victims of this or will they adopt it and push it through? I think that given what we've seen over the past year, whereas IBM, Microsoft and now Amazon trying to release their own blockchains or blockchain software products, whatever, if BSV does start making moves in the industry, they will be victims unless they adapt and start to use it. So it's really going to depend on their adjustment period, but they could end up losing, you know, they could, it could be just a venture that goes nowhere for them 
which I'm sure they've probably already considered. But um, so it's going to depend on how quickly they adjust. So by making the moves to their own blockchain and stuff like, like you mentioned, it's a sort of a defensive maneuver rather than the more disruptive move that they probably would need to make if BSV is successful in the rest of the world. Um, I can see it that way. I think that they don't know. I think my opinion is they have no idea about something like SV or that a public ledger is even viable. I think if if they did, they wouldn't try to build their own solutions in the first place. Because I think it's similar to why we have all these other cryptocurrencies is that they saw Bitcoin and they saw the scaling and they see they thought they think they see something that is flawed. So they they think like everybody else, oh, well, I could just create something better and take some of that market share. And are you convinced that Bitcoin SV is unique and the one that we need to focus on? Yes. What, why is that? Um, for a few reasons. Um, one is the MetaNet concept. So it's, it's really the idea of putting data on chain and having users take control of their data. Um, to me, it is a upgrade on the way the Internet works today. So from that aspect, it just makes sense. If anyone who's technical and understands how the Internet works and they look at the concept of MetaNet objectively, which is difficult, right, you will see that the way we do things now is flawed compared to a more ideal and cost saving. So a small example is if I email someone in a file, an Excel spreadsheet to 20 people, I have effectively copied that file 20 times when there's no need for that. And then I'm sending it to 20 different places. Why wouldn't I just put it one time, one place, and have everyone access Well, you that? could just upload it to Google Drive. And of course, but then yeah, that's permissioned, right? And you're trusting Google, who has a server sitting on the edge of the network, whereas with Bitcoin, you would have that right front and center, and then it's one hop away from everybody else. Right. So if you take that concept and you just start applying it to almost everything, all data, music, uh, audio, video, even the cost savings for someone like a music provider or Netflix starts being put in per, into perspective, right? Because now I'm sure their server costs are pretty high with bandwidth and all that stuff. But if they were managing that on a public ledger where a lot of that infrastructure is now deferred and then security too on their end, they just have to secure the access to the chain. They don't actually have to secure it themselves. That's the miner's job, right? So. Now they can take their same business model, change out the architecture, go, you know, reduce costs by some crazy percentage. And now they're making more money while still providing probably a better service for, its, for their customers. And do you think that it's going to be through individuals like yourself and the other people who are coming to the conference and so on, who are kind of evangelists for this? Is that, is that going to be enough to kind of get this movement up to scale? I think it has to start somewhere and it has to be uh, people have to branch out and reach others as they build this thing out. So one thing I kept thinking when I walked away from the conference last year is if we don't make this happen, then it's not going to happen. So through educating others, through t talking to new, to new people, just bringing this stuff up and getting them to realize, you know, just having conversations about it you can spread it and then other people start seeing the benefits and then they spread it and then you have a ripple effect. Um, so is, is it enough by itself? No. It, it, yes, those efforts can make a lot of um, 
headway towards that goal, but to also spread it out, which I think is just a natural consequence of them working on it anyway. I was talking to the uh, inventor of Weather SV oh. uh, last week, uh, Paul Chiari in Australia, and he was talking about how the, the, some of the work of Unwriter, who's this mysterious uh, developer for Bitcoin SV, mm-hmm. and other people have produced uh, software that people like he can now build on. And it seemed to me like we're kind of closing the gap between the level at which you really need to be a hardcore coding kind of person and people who are more interested in what the product's going to look like, what the business model is going to be. And perhaps when that chain is reachable from both ends, that will be what enables this to really take off. Yes, 100%. Um, I I would say Unwriter's tools have taken people's excuses away because I even at the conference in November, I was complaining about how we don't have tools to do some of this stuff. So in order for me to build something last year that would have been able to interact with the ERP, it would have taken I don't know how long and it wouldn't have been secure. It would have taken too much coding just too much low-level stuff to your point about you know hardcore developers which we should not have to do in an enterprise application we should just make a simple call and it's done right unwriter stuff is providing that which is great because it's like a boom I mean I think people involved in SV have seen it is ever since the new year came all this stuff came out with the lockdown protocol you know knowing that we're gonna try to scale and now, like the guy with Weather SV, he's doing, I think, 26,000 transactions a day or something now. And it just makes it easy. So all these ideas that people have now can be implemented much easier. I mean, and it's kind of that, that concept I keep talking about. If they wanted to do that before, it would take a lot of cost and time, money to build that stuff out. But now they have cost savings. To I think Weather SV is a perfect, perfect app. I, I haven't look too much into it, but I've used it. And I mean, I don't know if they're making money, but they're basically subsidizing the weather exposure um, APIs with BSV. Well, the funny thing is that the the data that you get by paying your, I think, $5 mm-hmm. US, uh, Australian, yep. to get it is available publicly anyway. You don't, you, you could have access to this data from the store that they get it oh. from. But in a way, what's rather encouraging about that is that people are so interested mm-hmm. uh, and willing to pay their, use their money button to send $5. It, it makes me think, well, if there's something that you could buy that you couldn't get, well, they'll be even more interested. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. <laughs> but I mean, this Unwriter is such an interesting, do you, have a, do you have any theories about who that might be or where they are or anything about them? I don't have any any real theories about it um could it be just one person my my personal belief is that it's one person i know i've heard other folks think it's a group because of this content but i i've looked at some of the code and it's not a lot of code it's it's just very simple efficient and powerful and i also think the twitter account the slack the documentation the voice if you you're reading in it it's kind of uniform to me well, does Unwriter write prose? I didn't know that. I mean, does he write 
paragraphs that explain what he what he or she yes, is doing. Their documentation is extremely robust oh, okay. and good. And yeah. written in what English that sounds like a first language or Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's I I just think the way they write across those platforms is too consistent for it to be a group. Now you could say, okay, maybe the other part there's a dev is the other person and that's the documentation person. Mm -hmm. But given that understanding I don't know. I will say I think they have an agenda, clearly. They, they have goals that they want to enable others to build on SV. Yeah. So we talked a bit about where you've got to. What would you like to achieve? What are you hoping to achieve in the next, say, six months or a year? My goal is to demonstrate to my company how Bitcoin can be used integrating with systems that it's in a way that streamlines business processes and um, overtly reduces costs. I, I really want to take away really that that it's even Bitcoin. Just show them this method of data transport transportation that you can use. So you take all of the political aspects and the cryptocurrency, you take all that out and just demonstrate where no one can look at this solution and say, I'm not going to use that because it's so more, much more efficient than what's going on today. Terrific. Well, very good luck. And thank you very much. Joshua. Oh, thank you. My thanks to Joshua Hensley. Please join me next week for the final episode in this first season of CoinGeek Conversations. But we'll be back after a modest four-week hiatus and raring to go again at the start of September. Thanks for listening, and till next week, goodbye.